Sister Sierra. Sister Sierra, Sister Isabella, and Melissa. We'll get started. Greetings in Jesus' name. Good to be in the house of God again. Hallelujah. And a place where we can refresh ourselves. Yes. Spiritually and physically. Hallelujah. A little warm outside, but not too much. But it's good to be in a place where it's nice and cool, isn't it? So let's all stand and we'll pray. We'll open up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hand upon us, Lord, in this place. God, bind us together. Bind us together that we can be of one mind and of one spirit and one accord in this place. That our hearts desire, Lord, to, to be lifted you up, O oh Lord to worship you, to praise your spirit and your truth. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our thoughts, you know our needs, you know everything about us. And I pray that you administer to us tonight. Quicken us and lift us up, O oh Lord, that we can abide with you in your presence. God, into those heavenly places, O oh Lord, with you. Amen, God, strengthen us. Strengthen us through your word, Lord. Amen, God. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our love for you, our desire. Oh, God, in Jesus' name. You know the needs we have, Lord. Every person in this place tonight, God, you know our needs. And God, we cast all our cares upon you right now. Lord, we ask you to minister, Lord, and to make a way for your people, oh, God. We know you're able. Lord, we know you're able, Father. You're the God of the impossible. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Amen, Jesus, for your loving kindness, O oh God. Have your way in this place, O oh Lord. Bless us in your word. Let your word accomplish what you send it for to do. In this place, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth. <coughs> Have your way, God, in this place. Let our hearts, Lord, be prepared that we can receive, Lord, with meekness your engrafted word, Lord, which is able to save us. Bless us, O God. Amen, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. If you have a Bible,
doesn't take much sometimes. <clears throat> Plug into that source. Yeah. And when we feel it, it's something else, isn't it? Yeah. It's real. <laughs> Very real. I just feel a, what can I say, an excitement in the air. And Yesterday was definitely, uh, I guess, a, the only way I can explain it was uh, coming to a, a realization, understanding, of course, know it already, but when you talk to others who, uh, other people, other ministers and about what God's doing and what's taking place and it's amazing how uh, <clears throat> the word is just kind of uh, being fulfilled and, and not only that but understanding uh, just the momentum the move of the spirit is just and it's, it's, it's moving his body the body of Christ into a, a certain direction down a certain path and speaking to, uh, we talked to four preachers yesterday, and um, my mind, it's like everybody was obviously feeling the same thing, feeling how really necessary it is for us to really, now is the time to, to get a hold of God, and once you get a hold of God, even keep a hold on Him, and uh, it's because everything that's going on in this world, we're seeing it happen. If that's not an indication that we're in the end times, then we're definitely, we're in bad shape. And if we don't recognize that, if we don't feel led to seek out our own salvation, it's, if we're dead to that, if we're numb to it, there's something wrong with us. We, we need uh, we need to be, uh, what's, what's that when they jumpstart your heart? What's that called? Sister B, what's that called? When they put them paddles on your heart? Fibulator. We need to be fibulated. Does that make sense? Yeah. God needs to put them great big paddles on us and jumpstart us. Wake us up. Praise God. Either that or a good cold hard slap in the face. I don't know. That don't wake us up. We're in sad shape. We're in really sad shape. Before I get on to our Bible study tonight, uh, after church tonight, after Bible study tonight, uh, I want to have a meeting with those. Well, I, I think almost everybody in here is probably going to Hogan'sville, aren't you? Everybody out here. There's quite a few of us missing, but so who's all going? We're going to have a meeting in the fellowship hall, and we're going to talk about uh, talk to Brother Longshore today, and we're just going to. Let everybody know what's available for us as far as places to stay, and then uh, I think we might have to figure out as far as if anybody uh, needs a ride, we're, we're just going to have to place people. Hopefully, I think the way it looks, everybody's got that arranged, but I just want to be sure. So we're on the same 
page. And uh, of course, we're looking forward to a good time in the Lord. Brother Longshore is all excited. And uh, I told him, you know, who was all coming and what was happening. And of course, we we made contact with uh, uh, Brother um, Man Ganji, his wife. Janica uh, Ganji from Lumberton, Lumberton, North Carolina. Uh, Brother David has <coughs> witnessed Brother Ganji uh, where he's at in, in Ashland. Brother Ganji's uh, an overseer or bishop, overseer of several churches there. I think. I think. Uh, Brother David said about three in North Carolina, and uh, Brother David witnessed him about Jesus' name baptism, and he's seen it. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, now he has been speaking to a lot of uh, the, the ministers in his church and his organization, his wife, uh, and uh, mentioned to them what was taking place and that. You know, he understood as far as salvation, what needs to happen, and uh, that there's some in their in their congregation and these other congregations that definitely need to be baptized in Jesus' name. So that's going to happen. That's going to take place. And, and of course, uh, when when uh, he found out we were heading down to Georgia, uh, he testified, you know, about how he came to the knowledge of the truth and. Uh, saying told him that uh, we were going to be heading down to Georgia so now I talked to Sister Ganji yesterday and uh, they're coming down of course they made plans to come to Brother Robert's meeting but they were just wondering what day it was I was going to be ministering on so once we got that uh, once we found out when what day I was going to be ministering then we passed the information to them and they were planning on bringing a busload of people down from Lumberton to that meeting on that very day, which is Friday, but when I talked to her yesterday, she said, if it starts on Wednesday, we might just come Wednesday and stay through the whole thing. Amen. Amen. And, and I never knew it, but just, I, I think it was Sunday, and I didn't get the details about it, but Sunday, Sister Angie received the Holy Ghost. Woo. Speaking in tongues, so now she needs to fulfill the other part of that, which I believe I told Brother Robert. I said, you better get your baptismal tank ready. Because I said, we might be baptizing some people in Jesus' name. So we're all excited about that. And, of course, uh, he contacted her today and, and talked to her. And, and uh, they're all excited about it. And, and she even asked, uh, Brother Marshall, when are you leaving Georgia? And I said, well, we all plan on heading back to South Dakota on Saturday. And she said, oh, okay. So I said, well, what is it? She said, well, we were thinking of asking you to come up to Lumberton and preaching to us up here at Lumberton on Sunday. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I said, well, sister, let me pray about it. Let me pray about it and let's see what the Lord says. And I said, so that would be something. So I told her we would pray about it. So we're going to pray about it. But I know... Uh, we're, we're getting ready to to do that, do what we can to obey the Lord. 
and of course brother brother Robert uh, brother Robert uh, talked to her and, and uh, she confirmed what you know what her and I talked about and they're getting ready they said they want to have church and we're gonna have church he said ooh doggy <laughs> we're gonna have church I said yes we are amen, amen. Yeah. Yep. so I'm looking forward to what's going on out there what's gonna happen down there in Georgia we have usually the Lord moving and God ministering to us so I'm looking forward to it I'm and I'm expecting some things to happen. I'm expecting some things to happen. Always does when you when you expect something, it happens. Praise God! And hopefully the faith will be lifted up to a point where our faith could be lifted up in this direction, and and then God can do what He He uh, wants to do as far as pouring out His Spirit. We get a little bit of that every time we come in here. We can feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Mighty presence of the Lord. I feel, I'm feeling the anointing right Amen. now. Amen. Uh, if, if you could ever understand that, what, what you feel when you get up here, I mean, you can feel the presence of the Lord. It's, it's mighty, it's powerful, that anointing. And it's awesome. You can't see me because this pulpit's hiding me, but uh, uh, if, if you could see my, the way my legs are shaking right now. <laughs> You would know what I'm talking about. And it's not because I'm nervous or I'm afraid or anything like that. It's just that the presence of the Lord is powerful. Amen. And um, I'm happy for that. But we need that. Uh, let's not take it for granted. Amen. So did everybody understand what we presented last Wednesday? Amen. No doubt in your minds you understand. Mm. We took a look at uh, what... It, what it was when we talk about the 70th week of Daniel. And of course we talk about that that gap and uh, what was taking place. Remember 490 years were the sum of years that you know all this was going to be fulfilled. We narrowed it down from the time that the commandment went out for, for the Lord to restore Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. So we 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 uh, summed that all up and we came to 483 years. But he talked about 490 years. So that meant there were seven years that were not included in what he was talking about there as far as the book of Daniel. So the reason for that was because obviously uh, when we average, when we look at those number of years, and he's talking about when he when he referred to it, I'm talking about what we studied in Daniel chapter nine, verses 24 to 27, when he talked about the 70 weeks of Daniel, and of course, the 430, uh, 483 years co covered a time period of what do we find out? Does everybody remember? 69 weeks. So obviously that one last year was, he mentioned that, 69 weeks. So that one last year, he's talking about that one last week. One last week, not year. Excuse me, let me correct myself. That one last week. How many days are in a week? Seven. So obviously the years are accounted for that last week, seven days. The 70th week of Daniel, and, and we came to that understanding that there was a gap 
from that time that Jesus was crucified, there's going to be a gap, and, and, and a large gap, wasn't it? A large gap of almost two millennia, almost 2,000 years. And the reason and the purpose for that gap was for what? The Gentiles. The time of the Gentiles that were going to come in. And then Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles shall be fulfilled. So we understand that. We see that. And we understand that prophecy that we're obviously coming to that time now where that is coming to an end. The age of grace or the dispensation of grace as we know it which begun on the day of Pentecost in the year 32 AD when the Holy Ghost was poured out and we call that the dispensation of the Holy Ghost or the dispensation of grace and now it's coming to the point where we're slowly being brought to well, I, should, I shouldn't say that right now we're swiftly being brought to the 70th week of Daniel because we're seeing all the signs and things that are happening there in Israel and everything that's taking place and then pretty soon what's going to happen is there's going to be a definite shift in this world not just a few countries in the entire world and we're going to see these things happen they're going to come to pass and uh, we're going to be ushered into the 70th week of Daniel let me uh, let me re review or, or revisit some things. I want you to understand this because when we talk about what's going to happen, um, when it concerns uh, the saints of God, when it concerns our hope, our hope should be this: that we're looking for the appearing of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. We're looking for him to return and for us to be gathered together unto him. And that's in the scripture is referred to as the rapture. And uh, the correct term is the coming of the Lord, the parousia of the Lord. So we understand that that's going to take place. And, and uh, of course, I, I shared with you, you know, all the views and all the opinions about that particular topic and it's a controversial topic right now so when you talk about the coming of the Lord um, amen a lot of people have feelings about that when it's going to happen and and it, regardless of what you think it's going to happen and and regardless if you think that oh we still have time yet so so I, you know I could I, I could just uh, 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 work my way to where I can get myself right with God and all that. It's not going to work that way. Amen. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Amen. And so if you can't get your heart right today, mm -hmm. guess what? You won't be able to get your heart right when that time comes. Amen. If you can't take the step you need to take to the Lord today, there's no way you're going to be able to do it then. It's, it's not going to happen that way. And a lot of people think that. You know, when I when the time's right, I'll get my heart right. The time's never going to be right for you to get your heart right. Yeah. That's why you need to do it now. Yeah. That's why you need to do it now. And so that's what, something that's really uh, important that, that, that I want everybody to understand. And, and uh, anyway, 
Let's take a look at what the scripture says about the second coming of the Lord. And uh, there's so many. Uh, uh, First Thessalonians, if you want to go there in your, in your Bibles, First Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're just going to go through some passages of scripture here. We're just going to get ourselves acquainted with what the scripture is saying about this, but when you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we just want to establish uh, a few things and get a foundation, you know, that we can build on and, and all this. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13, he says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you that by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, the parousia of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. So when we take a look at uh, what he's talking about here, uh, go with me to Philippians chapter 3, and you go to Philippians chapter 3, and verse number uh, 20, it says, For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Wow. that instant, that moment of time, that whatever, when it takes place, what's going to happen, and Paul's talking about that. Just reasserting and reaffirming that's going to take place. It's going to happen. It's a fact. It's not fiction, it's a fact. It's going to happen. You go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, or 15, excuse me, and we see that again in this passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 15 and, we, and what the Apostle Paul is saying here in 15 in verse number 51 behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed now, I want to say this. I made this comment before. I'm going to say it again. Take a look at yourselves and say this to yourself because it's the truth. 
We are the rapture generation. Amen. We're that generation. Of course, when I say that generation, I'm talking about what Jesus described in Matthew 24 and in Luke 21. When he described all the things that were going to happen, what was going to take place before his coming, before the end of the world. There's a generation of people that we're going to experience from that. Guess what? We're experiencing it right now. Amen. So we're that generation. We're that rapture generation. So you might as well be aware. You might as well accept the facts that we are the rapture generation. Amen. Woo. My, my, my. So... He says that in verse number 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We're not, you know, unless some of us give up the ghost within the next few years. Or even during the 70th week of Daniel, unless some of us give up the ghost. Yes, then we will sleep. But if we don't, we're going to be awake and we're, we're going to witness the rapture. Amen. Now we can witness it by, like Paul said, whew, we can be just like everybody else that's going to be gathered together unto him and just going to be taken up. Or we can witness everybody else going and we, we won't be going, we'll be staying. Mm. There's two resurrections. Remember, I, w- I want you to understand this. I want to be, a, I want to experience the first resurrection. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I don't want to experience the second resurrection. That's right. I want to experience the first resurrection. Amen. I want to be on that, on that list. So that's what Paul is talking about here. In a moment, verse 52, in the twinkling of an eye. That's pretty quick. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. My. So that's describing the parousia, the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church. Now here's something interesting because we've never really uh, have taken a, a look at, uh, at the scripture to when we talk about the coming of the Lord and, see, and, and everything that's going to take place at that moment of time. Of course, we're going to be getting into a lot of details later on in this Bible study too, so just uh, be patient. <laughs> so many things about this that are you know, just so, uh, I want to use that word mind-blowing because that's just what it is. And to understand what's going to happen when that takes place, uh, when we talk about the coming of the Lord, 
when we talk about the coming of the Lord, of course, everybody, this is their idea. A lot of people that have studied the rapture of the church, they, they, in, in their, in their studies or in, in their, what they, what they feel like they have been uh, uh, enlightened with, is when they talk about the rapture, they see it as just when the saints are taken up, boom, that's it. We're gone. The parousia, the coming of the Lord. That's how they see it. And and we talk about, you know, salvation. When we talk about salvation, let's go to uh let's go to uh first Thessalonians chapter one. Let's go back to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 1 and you see here in chapter 1 in verse number 10 it says ye are witnesses in God also how holy holily and justly and unblameably we behave ourselves among you that believe okay uh, I wonder if that's the right one that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. So uh, when we when we take a look at what Paul is saying here, uh, and you go over to uh, chapter 5 in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, verse number 9, look what he says. Uh, says this for God hath not appointed us unto wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ so look what he's talking about here he's mentioning that God hath not appointed us unto wrath but to obtain salvation is that what we're reading there to obtain salvation. So, right in that passage of scripture here, here's what's going to take place after rapture of the church. When the Lord comes, that trumpet sounds, he's not only going to, he's not only going to gather his people together unto himself, but immediately following the rapture of the church, God is going to pour out his wrath. So it's almost like it has two parts or two phases. The first phase is salvation for his people. <coughs> Being <clears throat> taken up. So when his people are out of the way, guess what the second phase is going to be? Wrath of God is going to be poured out. And so that's why Paul said that. He said that <clears throat> God hath not appointed us unto wrath. <coughs> Excuse me, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that happening. So there's two two purposes or two phases of the rapture. Salvation and wrath. Go with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Here's here's very uh, uh, revealing 
enlightening piece of scripture concerning rapture. And, and verse number uh, 29, remember, remember what I said about the rapture? Remember the, the two phases, salvation and wrath. He's coming to receive his own unto himself. Salvation, and then what's going to happen? Maybe after the rapture, the wrath of God. Okay? And, and uh, we'll, we'll prove that to you by the word of God, what we're talking about. But, so look what he says. Uh, in verse 29 of Matthew 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days, immediately after the tribulation of those days. He's talking about the 70th week of Daniel. Okay? Remember, not the whole week. Mm -hmm. Just part of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay? So obviously there's going to be tribulation, the great tribulation, but here's what he says about the great tribulation. It's going to, for the people of God, it's going to be cut short. Mm -hmm. For the elect's sake, he said. Yeah. It's going to be cut short. So the tribulation period is going to last uh, the duration of time from a year and a half to two years. It's going to last. The great tribulation, not the entire 70th week of Daniel. We'll get to that point later, and I'll, I'll present to you the, the proof about why it's not the entire 70th week of Daniel. We'll get into that later. But I want you to understand that. So he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. So there's going to be cosmic disturbances in the heavens cosmic disturbances the sun this the days the after the tribulation of days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken I'm going to prove that. We're going to prove that, okay, when we talk about the day of the Lord, okay? Because there's an expression. Of course, we talk about the coming of the Lord, the, the parousia, the coming of the Lord, okay? The, theologists, theologians have uh, put a, a, a name on it. They call it the rapture. But the correct word, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the rapture, but the correct word is the coming of the Lord. Okay, so the, the lifting up of God's people, the coming of the Lord. But when we talk about the wrath, we're talking about the day of the Lord. Okay, because we see that here. He says this, uh, and then shall, in verse number 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power, and great glory. Woo! You know, when somebody mentioned one, a famous teaching, uh, a famous theory was that nobody's going to know when he's going to come. Yeah. It's going to happen in secret. And just boom, everybody's going to be gone. Not so. Because why does the Bible say every eye is going to see him? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? When we talk about the secret coming of the Lord, there's no, there's no, no scripture that supports that. But the Bible does say, now he says that man will not know the day or the hour that he comes. Now, who is he talking about? He's talking about 
un, the unsaved are not going to know the day or the hour. But the saved will somehow know the time, the season that he's going to come. How do they know that? Because of everything that's happening in the world. Amen. Guess what? Right now, you're being enlightened with the word of God so you can understand that time that we're coming into. Right. The season. So you know now you're going to be informed about that time. You're going to be more aware of that when, when that time happens. So when you see these signs, and that's what Jesus said. When you see these signs, know ye that your hour is come. So he's not going to sneak up on the world and all of a sudden everybody's going to find out they're saved. Their same brothers and sisters, their family, their friends are all gone. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. Like that. It's not going to happen like that. Okay? So we see that. Okay, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man, in verse number 30 again, in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with what? Power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So look what he says. He's given us a he's given us a clue here in verse number thirty-two. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all, see all, till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. So, but look what he says. He's coming. What did he say? He's coming after the tribulation of those days. After the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. So in other words, we're, we're going to actually be here when that happens. So after the church is lifted up, when he saves, when he gathers his elect, that's what he said. He will gather his elect from the four winds, from one, from one end of heaven to the other. He's going to gather his elect, and he's going to lift him up. Why? You know what? Because his wrath is getting ready to be poured out. It's going to shift from deliverance for his, for his people to the wrath of God coming and being poured out upon the whole world. Mm -mm -mm. Don't fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that because some of you are going like this. The devil would, would put a spirit of slumber on you or a, 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 a lethargy on you because he, yep. he doesn't want you to hear God's word. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't fall asleep. Amen. Pay attention. Amen. Okay, so we see that. We see that. So he he is going to pour out his wrath. We we uh, look in Second uh, Thessalonians. If you want to go with me, chapter one, Second Thessalonians, chapter one, and uh, uh, we'll see this in the scripture. Oh man. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 7 and this is what it says and you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels look what he says he shall be revealed so it's not going to be a secret. Yeah. <laughs> he shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Look what it says. In flaming fire taking vengeance on all on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh. Guess what? To every soul, even to every soul that they may not really be, you know, in deep sin, they're sinners, but they may not be, you know, people that live in abominations every day or, you know, Immorality. They could be people that just, you know, there's there's actually some people that are good people, aren't they? Yeah. But here's the thing: they're not believers. Yeah. 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 And so when if they look at the Word of God and they say, "Ah, oh, no, that's not going to happen. That's not true." Even those, guess what? God is giving everybody an opportunity. Because he said the gospel is going to be preached to the whole world. Amen. Yeah. And, I, and I know this, that the gospel is being preached to the whole world. They're even going way down into South America, to all the, in the jungles of South America and in Africa and all these other secluded places in the whole world. The gospel is being preached so people are hearing it. Why? Because God's going to give them an opportunity yeah. Amen. to be saved. But you know what? When it comes to that decision, as the scripture says in the book of Joel, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. You know what that really means? Somebody once said that that, that means this, that people are, are trying to decide. They're making a decision for God. They're, they're trying to decide during that valley of decision. No, that's not what that really means. It already it means this. He's talking about the valley that when, when the Lord comes and he smites the earth, of course, there's going to be that last battle there. Guess what? He's talking about people that have decided because of their decision to say no to the Lord. They're in that valley already. Yeah. They're in that valley of decision because they already decided 
not to obey God. Man. Not to believe. So that's what's going to happen. Inflaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Man. So we see this. We see this happening and uh, uh, go with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Verse number 37. So to understand the things that are going to happen, of course you have to pay attention to the scripture. Corruption there's going to be judgment. So obviously the Lord has to judge the world for its sin. Amen. And it's going to happen. So we refer to this now, just to kind of put it into perspective uh, so you can understand uh, what I'm talking about. Uh, go with me to the book of Revelation and and chapter 6 the book of Revelation chapter 6 now I'm just talking to you about the rapture I'm talking to you about uh, the gathering together of uh, of the saints of God when they're gathered together up in the rapture and then I'm talking about you know the, everything that comes along after that happens the day of the Lord and, and so we see this in Revelation chapter 6 verse number 12 if, if you want if you're there verse number 12 and this is what it says it says and I beheld when he had opened now he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake now look what he's saying mm -hmm. and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair do you see that mm -hmm. do you see the connection what he mentioned in Matthew chapter 24 what we just read Cosmic disturbances. The sun shall be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. Huh? So at the sixth seal, that's when all that's taking place. We're seeing that happen. All that's taking place at the sixth seal. So we see that. Uh, and and uh, the sun will become black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon be, became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs. When sea is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men. And every barman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So, right at the sixth seal, now pay attention. The rapture takes place, but then he's setting it up. The sixth seal, the sixth seal, the opening of the sixth seal is the rapture of the church. We're gone. 
But here's the thing. Now pay attention. Because at the opening of the sixth seal, after the sixth seal is opening, that's what brings us to the seventh seal. So we see that there, as we go in succession there, and you see that the seventh seal, when the seventh seal is opened up, guess what's going to happen? The wrath of God's going to fall. <coughs> remember, remember what I said to you. That what's going to take place in chronological <coughs> order is the seals the trumpets and the bowls. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. The seven seals symbolize the wrath of man. So when I talk about the wrath of man, I'm talking about the Antichrist. But the seven trumpets symbolize the wrath of God, as do the seven bowls. But when he starts the seven trumpets, the wrath of God is going to be poured out. But when it gets to the to the bowls, guess what? The wrath of God is even going to become more severe. So that expression is going to go from bad to worse. Wow. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So look at look what happens at the opening of the seventh seal in chapter 8. And, and the Bible says, and when he had opened the seventh seal, look, what, look what's going to take place. There was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. So when that seventh seal is opened up, guess what? There's going to be silence for a space of half an hour. It's just going to be, there's not going to be any noise. It's just going to be all silent. Why? Because here it comes. Here comes the wrath of God that's going to be poured out. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, and to another came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hands and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake and the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound so here comes the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Well, what is the day of the Lord? Well, let's let Scripture tell us what the day of the Lord is. Go with me to the book of Obadiah. Obadiah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Obadiah. <laughs> My pages are sturdy. I'm trying to get to them, and I can't even get them. Okay, 15. Look what it says. It says in Obadiah 15, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen, as thou hast done. Look what he says. Pay attention to what he's saying. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thy head. So obviously the Lord's going to return vengeance. That's what he said, didn't he? He will take vengeance. So as you, as you have done, it shall be done unto you. Ooh, I'm talking about lost people. Yeah. Some of you got that word look on your face. <laughs> lost people. <laughs> I go, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> you won't be if you get your heart right with God. Amen. You'll be fine. Amen. But if you're not walking with him and you're not living for him, guess what? What he said there, what he said. I'll read it again. Yeah. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. Wow. That's why they call the day of the Lord the day of vengeance. Mm. The vengeance of the wrath of God. Okay, well, let's, let's get a little bit more into it. Let's go to Joel chapter 1. Back up. Back up to Joel chapter 1. And we'll see this. And like I said, we'll just let the word of God speak to us. We'll let the word of God Amen. tell us. Amen. And Joel chapter 1. Verse number 15. Again. It says, Alas for the day. For the day of the Lord is at hand. And as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Wow. Something, isn't it? <clears throat> Chapter 2 in the same book. Verse number 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh, it is nigh at hand. Look what he says. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall any more after it, shall be any more after it, it, it even to the years of many generations. In other words, this is never there's going to be nothing compared to the day of the Lord. Wow. Whew. You go down to verse number 10. Look what it says. The earth shall sake, the earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his cap is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is, is great and very terrib terrible, and who can abide it? 
Verse number 30 and 31 in the same chapter. So you, you go over there and you read in uh, 30 and 31. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. My, my. Chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. You see that? They're already there. Yeah. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Wow. Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5. Go to the book of Amos. <laughs> chapter 5, verse number 18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him, or went into a house and leaned upon his hand, uh, leaned with his, with his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. Wow. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Okay, so you see that. But look, look what he says about it. Look what he says. To what end? Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. You know what he's saying there? Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. In other words, you know what? There's a lot of people that think it's not going to happen. It's not going to take place. But guess what? It's going to happen. Woe unto you that desire that day because of your unbelief. Guess what? You're going to experience the wrath of God. It's going to happen to you. Okay? Isaiah chapter 2. Remember, we're just looking at Old Testament scriptures concerning the day of the Lord and explaining what's going to happen. Isaiah chapter 2. Um, Praise God. Verse 12, it says, For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, <clears throat> and he shall be brought low. And upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high mountains and upon all the hills that are lifted up upon every high tower upon every fence wall upon all the ships of Tarshish and upon all pleasant pictures and the loftiness of man shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be made low and the Lord alone shall be exalted in 
that day. And idols, and the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they that shall go into the holes of the rocks and into caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold whom they made each one for himself to worship to the moles and to the bats to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he sh arises to shake terribly the earth. Wow. Chapter 13, same book, verse number 6. It says, How ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall mount. And they shall be afraid. Pains and sorrow shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travaileth they shall be amazed one one at another their faces shall be as flames behold the day of the Lord come cometh cruel both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land <clears throat> desolate and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light the sun shall be darkened in his going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man that, than the gold wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall move, remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. My. Wow. That's why we need to understand that's why we need to know that's why we need to be moved Ezekiel chapter 13 if you want to go there I still have more for you Ezekiel chapter 13 verse number 3 it says thus saith the Lord God warned to the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Wow. Now, hey, there's, here's something. I want you to understand something. This is interesting. We're going to get to that, but I just want to throw this out there to you. Look, look who he's speaking to. Woe to the prophets, to the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. What happens at the beginning of the first seal. What happens when the first seal is opened up? Does anybody remember? 
The horseman. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was a white horse. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says the person that was sitting on that white horse went out to conquer. What does that mean? A white horse. To open the first seal, the white horse. It's not talking about the Lord. It doesn't say it's the Lord. A rider on a white horse. You know what that symbolizes what that means? False prophets. And so look what the Lord says. Guess what? This all sits, this all fits together. The false prophets. We're seeing false prophets in this day. They're telling us, hey, they're telling you, you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. Huh? You don't have to be a moral, upright person. Huh? False prophets. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the desert. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. Have you not seen a vain vision, and have you not spoken a lying divination? Uh, whereas ye say, The Lord saith it, albeit I have not spoken. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because ye have spoken vanity and seen lies. Therefore behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. My, my, my. It's a fearful thing. The Bible says to fall into the hands of the living God. Fearful thing. That's why we should be compelled to live the truth, to speak the truth, to be a testimony for Him, a light. Because it's a fearful thing to, to fall into the hands of, of amen, the, the living God. Ezekiel chapter 30, verse number 2, it says, Son of man, prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God, How howl ye, woe worth the day. For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near, a cloudy day. It shall be the time of the heathen. And the sword shall come upon Egypt, and a great pain shall be in Ethiopia, when the slain shall fall in Egypt, and they shall take away their multitude, and their foundations shall be broken. Wow. So a lot of explanation uh, concerning the day of the Lord. Uh, go with me to the book of Zephaniah. The book of Zephaniah. Hallelujah. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse number uh, 14 look what it says it says the great day of the Lord is near it is near and hasteth greatly even the voice of the day of the Lord the mighty men shall cry there bitterly that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, 
a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the tent cities and against the high towers, and I will bring distress upon all men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as the dung. <clears throat> wow. Chapter 2, verse number 3. Uh, verse number 1. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together. O nation not desired, before the decree bring forth, before the day pass as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, and seek righteousness, seek meekness. <clears throat> it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Wow. Look at the way, look what he says. It may be. In other words, here's the thing. We always say this, I've said this numerous times. Get in the church. Occupy the church. Find you a place in the church to grab a hold of it. Don't let go. That's right. Because a lot of things can happen in this day and this hour that will distract you, that will lure you out there, that will cause you to fall if you don't seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what he that's what he means by it may be. If if it you know, like he said, like he said, it may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. You know, it's all on each and every one of us. It's all on us. Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah chapter 14. Wow. And uh <clears throat> Excuse me. Zechariah 14, verses 1 through 4. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. And I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to, the battle, to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave into the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley and half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. <clears throat> so we see, of course, that's speaking about Israel. What's going to happen there with the end that conflict there in the 70th week of Daniel? Coming to the end of the 70th week of Daniel, actually. Um, Malachi chapter 4, we're still talking about the day of the Lord. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, 
and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. My, my, my. These are just, of course, examples in the scripture that speak about it. And uh, <clears throat> you go in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and it is there in the book of Acts, chapter 2. You read it in verse number 19. Peter preached about it. He said, And I will show wonders in heaven above, and the signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. My, 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 my. My, my. Okay. <clears throat> First Thessalonians, let's go back to First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. I have a few more passages of scriptures and we'll stop for tonight. First Thessalonians chapter five. Verses 2 through 4 says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, what he, look what he's talking about. He's not talking about the rapture. He's talking about the day of the Lord. This is where they take that scripture and they say, Oh, see, he's coming as a thief in the night, so we won't know when he's coming. But that's not what that scripture means. Coming as a thief in the night. Back then in those days when a thief came... When they came to to spoil a house or a city, guess what? When they came, they made themselves known. They they shouted. They made noise so that people would know that they were coming. That's what he talks about. So all that when when, when the day of the Lord comes, guess what? It's going to be there's going to be a lot of things happening, cosmic disturbances, all that stuff, and and, and so that's what he's talking about. Anyway. Uh, Verse number three, for when they shall say peace and safety, and we'll get to this part here in this Bible study, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Last but not least, Second Peter, the second epistle of Peter, chapter three, verse number nine, says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, 
What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So now we kind of get an idea of the term, the day of the Lord, the rapture. Rapture is salvation for us. Then the day the Lord is ushered in immediately after the rapture, and that's the wrath of God that's going to be poured out. It, it, it falls in just what's going to happen as far as the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls, or the vials. People call them vials, but the bowls, judgments. And uh, my, 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 my. Help us, Lord. We can come to that understanding and prepare ourselves. We'll stop there for tonight. I hope I hope you learned something. Praise God. We will be having uh, we will have rehearsal tomorrow, seven o'clock for those of us that will be here. And then Friday night is uh, youth group. Test, test. And uh, so this, be advised. Uh, this, yeah, this weekend. Uh, we will be having a meeting right after Bible study, and we'll talk about the trip to Hoganville. So all of you that are going, please be there at that meeting. God bless you. Have a good evening. Bye.